curious insights from history. A little history with a little insight in just a little of your time. I'm your host, John Walker. Okay, hello there, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the podcast. I'm getting some good feedback on the show. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm certainly enjoying doing it. It all works out. hope this just becomes a regular part of your week. You find a spot to put me in. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. Today, our episode is called April in the Philippines. Now, some of you may immediately think of tropical flowers, sea breezes, and uh, all those nice kind of tropical things when you think of April in the Philippines. Well, you can keep that in your mind, but that's really not where we're going. Every April in the Philippines, they have a reenactment of a great explorer and some of his time there in the Philippines. The great explorer is Magellan. I have to admit, when I read this book, and the book we're talking about is a book written by Lauren Bergreen, Over the Edge of the World, really a good book about Magellan. Before I read that book, my knowledge of Magellan was really limited. In fact, I guess you could say, who was Magellan? He was one of those explorer guys. Well, after having read and learned a little bit about him, it's amazing. Magellan's story is just really, really amazing. I guess he may be the most significant explorer in history. Just really phenomenal what he did. He is the first, for those of us who did fall asleep in history class like I did, he is the first to circumnavigate the globe, the first to go all the way around the globe, to head west and end up in the east. Really an amazing story. 1521, long time ago, you know, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Just a few years later in 1521, we've got Magellan going all the way around. He took five ships. He did a lot of exploring on his way. He went along the east coast of South America. He was looking for a passage to the other ocean on the other side of the Americas. He went up some rivers, did some other things. Some of the techniques he used in exploring are used even today. People look at the way Magellan explored, the techniques he used, the way he went from one place, went back to another, tried again. Those kind of things are looked at as really pretty smart ways to do it. He eventually finds this passage to the other ocean. It's called the Straits of Magellan, as you might expect, way down south. He did find it. And as he turned the corner, he was the first to name the big old ocean that he came into, the Pacific. He had favorable winds and calm seas, and he said, this is a Pacific Ocean. So the name stuck. He went on across the ocean. One of the scenes from this book that has always struck me as really kind of funny and interesting, everybody had the idea, well, not everyone, educated people had come to the idea that the world was round and that it was going to be possible from go, to go from one side all the way around to the other. Their numbers were off. The planet was actually a good bit bigger than they thought it was. And so Magellan had maps that told him how far he should go and where he should be. And he sailed out in the Pacific for days and then for weeks. And it's frustrating because they just keep, they keep sailing, they keep sailing, they keep sailing, they keep sailing. And they never, come, they, never, they never come across a single Pacific island. And he eventually comes busting out of his cabin and throws his maps into the ocean in frustration. But they eventually arrive at the Philippines. The Philippines more or less accepted them. They had some conflicts, one thing or another, but the people were amazed with metal. Obviously, these these ships were huge compared to what they had seen in the past, and Magellan spent some time there. It's also interesting to me that we think of Magellan as the first to go around the planet, the first to circumnavigate the globe, but he actually didn't make it. His One of his ships did. 
The Victoria eventually made it all the way back into port. There were just a few, I think 16, 17 survivors, and they were all totally emaciated. They hadn't had anything to eat. They were starving. But the one ship didn't make it. But Magellan did not. Magellan died tragically in the Philippines. And that's what brings us back to the story April in the Philippines. Every April in in the Philippines, there is this reenactment of Magellan. And there's a big statue there that they have uh, built that is often thought about and seen during this reenactment. The funny thing about this reenactment is it's not a glorious uh, discussion and and re-showing of Magellan arriving on the shores of the Philippines. It's actually a reenactment of the day that the chieftain, Lapu-Lapu, and his men killed Magellan. In the Philippines, instead of seeing Magellan as the fantastic, courageous, noble explorer, they see him as an invader and a murderer. And this reenactment, every year, actually, they go through the battle and how this guy was, Magellan, was killed on the beach. And they dragged his body in, and eventually Magellan and his men left. Just interesting to me how that happened. Magellan was really, really overconfident. He had dealt with the natives in different times, and they were always super intimidated. He's got metal. They don't have metal. they got bamboo sticks. they got rocks. You know, they've got playground equipment for, for to fight their wars with. And Magellan much more technologically advanced, but he was only a small group of men in this battle. He had told others to stay on his ship, and they did stay. I don't know where they were when he got in trouble. That's kind of another interesting story, why nobody came to his rescue. He had allies among different native peoples, and he had told them to stay in place. He would not need them. They'd just be in the way. And Magellan is killed. It's just interesting to me, the point of view, we, we think of Magellan as this great explorer. Indeed, he was phenomenal explorer. He, not a perfect man at all. He did some things that he shouldn't have done. But from the general perspective, Magellan is a great explorer. From the view of the Philippines, he's a murdering invader. I think that's interesting. I think there's something for us to learn there. It's always, in my opinion, a, a good ability to see from a different point of view. I think it's mature, it's helpful, it's an ability that we need to develop where we can not just see things from our perspective, but from a different perspective. I think there's been wars, lots of wars have come about because people don't see things from another point of view. They get a really narrow focus and they only can see things from the way they are, from their side. It makes a huge difference. From my understanding, in the Treaty of Versailles, the treatment of Germany and the treatment of Japan were both kind of mishandled in a way that didn't really think through how this was going to be perceived in Germany and Japan or how things would would transpire after the fact. And so the seeds for the Second World War are sown at the end of the First World War by not seeing through and not getting the correct perspective and understanding how things might be. You know, this idea of getting the right perspective or getting a different perspective or seeing things from that other perspective is critical. In business, if you don't see your business from the customer's point of view, you have a really good chance of getting in trouble. You've got to see what the customer is seeing. When they come to take your product or when they come to, to, for your service, you've got to understand what they're seeing. What, what, what are they wanting? What are they going through? 
successful businesses always do that. I think of this too. This may be why I didn't learn about Magellan when I was a kid. I had a teacher who just threw the information out there and didn't really worry about whether I learned it or not. But a wise and effective teacher sees the education process from the, from the side of the student. How can we best present this to, to engage the student? How can we present this in a way that will help the student? We've got to see the education process from the student's point of view. What are their preconceptions? What, what, are they, what are they got that they don't, don't like about learning these things? How can we get by those things? We just make assumptions. We assume that the way things have always been, or we assume that the way we see things is, is the way it is. Assuming can get you in trouble. Obviously, Magellan had made a lot of assumptions. He assumed that he is, his technology would keep him alive. He, he was assu- assuming that the, the opponent, the natives, would be afraid and intimidated, and they were. But they got in, as it were, a David and Goliath kind of shot with a little bit of a poison arrow that went into his leg below his armor. And the poison wasn't enough to kill him, but it was enough to slow him down so that somebody else could get a better shot in on him. And before long, he had gone face down in the ground. Assumptions can be a problem. You know, I I think uh, if a young married man goes home to his wife and says, Honey, we've been married for a year now. We're trying to buy a house, and I think what we need to do is just drop Valentine's Day. We don't need to do that anymore. We're not dating. We're married. Let's just forget Valentine's Day. I think there's an assumption there that might get you into a little bit of trouble. Now, sometimes our assumptions are spot on. Sometimes we can make an assumption. It's part of life. You know, we assume tomorrow the sun's going to come up, and if we didn't know that, if we're not able to assume that, we're going to have problems making plans. There's a lot of assumptions that are okay, but I think sometimes we assume we we assume that the way we see things is the only way to see. Think about I like to think about the Mayflower. Lots of different perceptions from the Mayflower. We look back at the Mayflower, and these are our heroes coming to a, a, establish a new free country. Of course, the people in Europe that saw the people leave were thinking, you know. We got a bunch of fugitives. They're not obeying our religious laws. These guys are bad guys, and they've run off to to get away. They're they're rebels. They're they're outlaws running away. And of course, there's Native Americans who look at the Mayflower and say, maybe they say, well, hey, these guys have metal. They've got sugar. They've got some technology. They've got whiskey. Mm, some of them like that. And, of course, later, there's no doubt there was a perception among the natives that said, these guys are going to take over our land. We're in a heap of trouble. But it's interesting to me that we need to be able to see things from a different perspective. If we can understand how people see things, if we can understand that they come from a different perspective, they're approaching it in a different way. I think it always helps us. That's always something that would be of advantage to us and something that we should work at. So hopefully that kind of helps you a little bit. It's kind of an interesting story. Uh, Magellan is a fantastic story of exploration. It's interesting to me how the Philippines see it. Maybe not so quite as great of an exploration, but there's a little different twist on it. But we all kind of come to things with our own ideas, with our own preconceptions, and it's important for us to be sensitive to those in each other and in people and in nations and everything. So hopefully that helps. As always, hey, read a good book, try something new. Until next time.